Hi everyone, it's me, Sean Capri, and welcome to episode 11 of a brand new, rebooted We The Gamer Cast. It's a new show, and I'm your new host. This podcast will always come to you on Mondays, because nobody seems to want to do podcasts on Mondays. So, I'm claiming Mondays, podcasts, so there I said it, it's podcasts on Mondays. Every podcast will start with a little preamble by me, and we'll get into talking to one of our guests. We've got a really great guest this week. Uh, a little bit about me. Uh, I'm a writer for WeTheNerdy.com. I'm 31 years old. I work at a cancer charity in Alberta, Canada. And for video games, I actually wasn't allowed to have a video game console when I was when I was younger because my parents told us that they were worried that my younger brother was going to have some sort of heart problems, like his his blood pressure would increase every time that we were actually able to play a video game. So the only times that we had like a Nintendo or Super Nintendo over was on one of our birthday parties. We would go over to Blockbuster Video and rent it over so you'd get like the $200 deposit down and they would like hand it to you in like a bulletproof case. I don't know if anybody remembers that, but I remember it vividly. It was like the greatest moment of my life whenever we got to rent one of these things. So either that or we weren't we were just poor probably was the the better answer is we just didn't have money for that so my parents told me it was all about health but yeah it was probably a money thing so all of my video game experience all my foundational knowledge it all comes through proxy my next door neighbor had like every single video game you could ever think of he had right from nintendo through genesis every everything you could think of he had it um i remember you know, when when Sony came out with the PlayStation was 20 years ago now, they were so dedicated to, you know, Nintendo and what everybody knew as what the real life video game companies were. They're like, no way, there's no way we're getting, we're getting a PlayStation. And then Final Fantasy VII came out. But more on that later. More about me. We'll talk about the history of me and video games. You'll get to know me over the course. Hopefully you'll stick around for a couple of podcasts anyways and we'll maybe get this thing going until 2016 that's probably a good good place to start uh, I wish I could play more games though I wish I could experience more I, there are more games coming out every day now than than ever obviously you know you look at mobile they don't even we'll talk about that later more games coming out now than ever. There used to be a time when you could just get one game, like Mech Warrior 2 on the computer, and play that for like three years, and you didn't, you weren't really missing out on too much else. But I'm always jealous of everybody who can, who can play every new game put in, you know, 20, 30, 40, or whatever it takes, however many hours it takes to fully experience a game. I'm always jealous of that. So that's another reason why I wanted to start the podcast. Just want to get to know how everybody consumes this stuff and i always think twitter and facebook are really great because i get to talk to a lot of you guys who you don't you i would never talk to you if it wasn't for the internet so it's a good place to start but i'm a big fan of podcasts we can get into a little bit of a long form conversation because there's always there's something lost in text or just internet talking because I could say something and it could be totally taken out of context because I my tone isn't coming across. So that's why I want to just kind of have one-on-one -on -one conversations with people in the community and maybe people who feel the same way, that they want to, they have certain opinions about certain things and 
maybe every time that they put it out there they get totally beaten beaten to shit so every week gonna have somebody new i'm really excited about this week getting this thing started out um but yeah i really like hearing about when people are excited about games i want to know what interests them it intrigues me it kind of just lets me know that there's more to life than just for a long time i was playing nhl because i'm canadian and that's what we do but uh yeah so want to know what everybody's up to because i'm genuinely excited about that i first got into podcasts when uh i think it was ios 6 had a dedicated podcast app and i i discovered it and i knew one of my friends had been listening to podcasts for a little while and before that i think you had to download it on your computer first and then it would then you'd hook up the usb with all the cables and it was kind of a pain so i never really got into it until it was made really easy through a dedicated app and i started listening to first comedy comedy podcasts actually adam carolla the Crab Feast, Mark Marin, um, a lot of these other type of podcasts, and I just like would crack up as I'm walking down the street or I'm taking the bus, and everybody else is listening to music. I'm listening to podcasts, and I'm just like cracking up like an idiot. I look like an absolute moron, just like laughing to myself. Uh, but that's why I started really getting into podcasts. It was the regularity of the release every day for Adam Carolla and every week for some of these other ones. And it was there was a routine to it, which you'll get to know. I'm, I've got a, a couple of OCD tendencies. I don't think I have full-blown OCD, but I definitely have some of the tendencies in podcasting and, and routine, stuff like that, really fit well into that. So it scratches that itch for me. So I got into podcasts through comedy stuff, and then... Uh, I think it was just by by stupid luck one day that I saw, uh, I think it was a Beyond 300, and it just looked like a ridiculous time. Everybody was just like so dedicated to this stuff, and I could listen to video, people talk about video games all day long. And so started with Beyond, started listening to, there's another one here in Canada called Vic's Basement. And it was a Vic's Basement episode where these guys, they run uh, EPN, EP Daily in Canada. I think it was on G4 for a little while in the States. And uh, they get the same question that every other podcaster or content creator gets, which was, how do I get into the industry? How do I get going? And they spent, I think it was about probably 20 or 30 minutes just talking about just get started. Start writing about video games. Greg Miller talks about it a lot as well. Write about video games every single day. And I think that there's no better advice to that because I actually took it to heart. It was almost as if they were speaking directly to me because I was at a time where I'm like, I want to do something creative. I want to be able to, you know, video games are great, but I want to, like, turn it into something. And I always want, I'm not sure I'm, I'm going to get into, like, games journalism. Uh, I think my career path is pretty much settled unless something absolutely amazing happens. But I'm not really counting on it. And so I felt like they were really talking directly to me. Just get going. Just start writing. And so I did. I started writing about video games on a on a blog, just like so many other people. It was called All in Fun and Games. Uh, it was kind of punny. Really wanted to own that URL, but never never sort of dove in. And uh, I was really getting into it right around an E3. I think it was like two or three years ago. And um, just totally randomly, somebody had spotted one of my E3, either, I can't remember if it was my predictions or my, my review of the, of the conference, which is kind of hilarious, the fact that you even like write these reviews. Like I didn't even care if anybody wrote them, but it was fun just to kind of put it out there. And so somebody out in the UK saw it, 
and said, hey, do you want to come write for our website, 16bitkings.com? And I thought that that was kind of neat, like it was really exciting. It wasn't going to pay anything, but it was just kind of interesting to have kind of another group take notice. And so that was kind of neat. I did brought to them a, a series that we called The Diaries of a Backlog Gamer. And I, I don't know if this is interesting. You guys can tell me or not. I don't even know if you're still listening to this. We're nine minutes in. Uh, but I always thought it was kind of interesting because I was never really able to keep up with every single new release, kind of what I was talking about before. It's just too much money, too many games, and, and by the time another game comes out, like, I don't know, am I done with the last game? So it's just, you'll get to I'm a little neurotic about that kind of stuff. And so my backlog was just crazy. Like, there was there were certain Black Friday sales and Boxing Day sales here in Canada the day after Christmas where everything goes on crazy sales. And, like, I wouldn't buy, like, one game for 60 bucks, but I would buy, like, five games for, for 50 bucks. And that doesn't do any good. Like, I was buying games I had no business buying. Uh, I'll never get around to Kanan Lynch or Kanan Lynch 2 or, you know, some of these really early uh, cameo, even though I got another chance with that with... Um, rare replay i'll never play these games and they're sitting in boxes well labeled well organized alphabetized boxes in my basement i'll never i'll never get back to it so anyways my my diaries of the backlog gamer i thought it was kind of interesting to go back knowing what i know it's not like i didn't play any new games i had you know some experience with some of the new games but i wasn't playing everything but i thought it was interesting to go back four or five years and kind of like if I was in 2000 I think it was in 2013 2014 when I finally played Uncharted 3 and it's like almost like a review of that game under the lens or through the lens of what we knew you know a few years later and I think I might still do that again for We the Nerdy but we'll see if that happens um anyway this has gone probably on long enough so we'll start talking to my first guest ever his name is Seamus Mullins he was one of the first ones to reach out to me as soon as I kind of put the call out to do this little podcast, and uh, it was great to talk to him. He does a really cool radio show. Uh, it's called Zap Radio. We'll put the link uh, on the website at weathenerdy.com, and he'll he'll tell you a little bit later. Uh, but hit him up on, on Twitter as well. His name's Seamus, S-E-A-M-U-S, Mullins, M-U-L-L-I-N-S, on the Twitters. And uh, yeah, let's get right into it. Let's talk to Seamus Mullins. <laughs> podcast I listen to and I listen to like a ridiculous amount. My wife makes fun of me so much because I'm always listening to podcasts. <laughs> but the thing that I notice that is that like the a lot of them will start to talk about the same thing. So I really wanted to do something just a little bit different, still talk about like video games, what everybody's up to. But I want to know kind of just what makes everybody tick, what makes them get involved with all this stuff. And uh so that's kind of where I came from. But I'm gonna start there was a question on We the Nerdies uh, Facebook group. Alan Walker asked that he said you should ask him how often fire tornadoes spring up, and if you, because he knows you're from Australia. Uh, yeah, and if you fire plan... tornadoes. <laughs> <laughs> he wants to know if you plan on keeping the teachings of Joe now that Furiosa has control. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, interesting, very interesting question. Um, don't get too many tornadoes down here. Bushfires, a lot of bushfires, but no tornadoes, unfortunately. You're a gust of wind away from those bushfires turning into a fire tornado. <laughs> <laughs> I really hope not, because it's bad enough as it is. Oh, man. Well, I, w- I want to talk a little bit about you know gaming in Australia in a little bit, and if that's any different. But first, I just kind of wanted to yeah, ask, yeah. Like, you know, what kind of content do you... S- do you consume, I, I assume, podcasts and, and reviews? Like, who are the who are your favorite kind of like internet people? Um, probably probably stems a lot from IGN, honestly, because yep. it was about in 2012 when I started getting into like uh, really starting following like the video game industry, and IGN was just the biggest website, so you know I just went there. And start, a couple of my friends told me to listen to Beyond. I was like, oh, what is this crap? Like, it's just some, what's a podcast? Like, I've never listened to a podcast before. Yeah. And I started off from, like, episode 250 and went from there. And I just got hooked, like, so quickly. It was unbelievable. And from there on, for, like, the last, like, three and a half years or so, I've just followed, like, Greg and Colin, like, religiously. Everything they've done at IGN, everything they do at Kind of Funny Now. So um, they're probably, like, the biggest internet celebrities or people that i saw follow um there's not too many other people we've got um a video game show called um a good game in australia and oh, it yeah. gets broadcast on tv here and there's a couple the hosts for that are actually they're really really good they've been doing it for a fair few years and i followed them as well and they post a lot of stuff on youtube too so probably the kind of funny the now kind of funny guys and good game are the probably main two groups of people i follow other than that like I listen to the AU um, IGN podcast. They're pretty. They're a bunch of pretty funny guys. Yep. Um, the UK one as well. Uh, listen to Unlock sometimes. So like it's a few different groups, but mainly just IGN oriented a lot of the time. So does that mean that you're mostly into PlayStation? Then you kind of dip into Unlock, maybe some Xbox stuff. Are you mainly like PlayStation gamer? Um, the when I first started listening to Beyond, I was without doubt just a PlayStation gamer. Like when I grew up playing games with my brother. I have an older brother. And so he would always buy, he was always the one that owned the consoles and I just was the one that got to play and watch sometimes. Um, and we always just had PlayStations pretty much. And up until about three years ago, all I played was PlayStation, had the PS3, um, and that's all I played. And so Beyond really spoke to me on that level. But these days, I sort of, I've got Xbox One, PS4, PS Vita, uh, do some PC gaming and stuff. So I still play everything except Nintendo, but all my friends oh, have no. Nintendo consoles. <laughs> Where did it fall off for you with Nintendo? Like, it, I'm um, assuming Nintendo. you grew up with Nintendo because everybody did. Or is um, that not the case? Not a huge amount. Like, yeah. I had the Nintendo 64 when I was a kid, but I played it a bit. Like, I played Pokemon Stadium heaps, and I, <laughs> I loved a couple games like that. Um, I always had, like, a Game Boy, Game Boy Color, Game Boy Advance, yeah. and all, the, all those handhelds. Um, I even had a 3DS, but I sold that a couple of years ago. Oh, no. Um, <laughs> and I, I love Nintendo. I love all the stuff they do, but I just, at the moment, I just don't own anything of theirs. Yeah. Yeah. yeah for me, it's, it's a, it's a battle between having enough time and owning everything. Like I haven't really had, mm. the, had the discipline yet to start saying, you know what? Like you just don't have time for every, like we have, we have, every, we have Wii U, PlayStation, Xbox. So a totally like console and portable agnostic. But I haven't had that, like, conversation with myself where I say, you don't need... Like, if I actually cut out <laughs> a Nintendo console and the 3DS, that would actually make my life a lot simpler and cause me <laughs> a lot less stress. But I haven't 
I haven't had that discipline just yet. So I want to know kind of like what like you, you mentioned gaming with your with your older brother. Is he still into this kind of stuff or is he kind of moved on? No, he's still a massive gamer. Oh, um, yeah. Without that, thankfully, yeah. Like definitely um, from where I'm from, like at the moment, I live in a town or a city called Adelaide. Yeah. Um, and that's in the states of South Australia for all you internationals listening. Um, but <laughs> I'm not actually from Adelaide. Adelaide's sort of the capital of that state, but I'm from a small country town. And honestly, there was like about 5,000 people and there really wasn't a hell of a lot to do. Yeah. And so me and my brother, we played a lot of video games when we were growing up. Um, and my brother, he still plays a lot. Like it's probably the thing we talk about most. Like when E3 comes around, he'll just be messaging me heaps or whenever there's a new announcement, um, he's smashing through Fallout 4 at the moment. Nice. Yeah, he's just as big a gamer as me, really. I want to talk about Fallout 4 in a little bit, but I'm really interested in this whole idea. I'm from Canada, and uh, so yeah, we basically yeah. get just like all of the American news, and we just treat it like our own and kind of apply a, a, a currency translation and exchange rate to it. And that's pretty much, pretty much it. Everything is the same. Yeah. But I want to know kind of like, what is it like kind of gaming in isolation like that where it might be tough? Like, is it difficult to like find gaming stores or find stock? What's it like with release dates and things like that? Um, I actually find that really interesting with Canada as well, and I never really think about that, like how I, you just a lot of Australians just look at North America and they see US and then there's Canada, but everyone forgets about <laughs> Canada. America's hat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, so I find that really interesting as well, and what how that would go over news-wise as well. But obviously, you sort of just take it as your own, as you said. Um, but with Australia, it is a bit different. Um, a lot of news that we see from like IGN and all that, we sort of like. We don't necessarily take it as our own, but that's just the news in a lot of way. Mm -hmm. There is a lot of Australian news, but it's much more of a subculture in a way. Yeah. So it's it's kind of similar similar in your situation where we sort of take the news and we just absorb it normally, and then, but it, when it comes to prices, prices are just wildly different. Like um, for it's us, really when the new game comes out here, like for, it's kind of weird because Americans generally get paid less than Australians do. But things in Australia cost more, so it sort of kind of equals out. Right. But when the new when the new game comes out at EB Games or our GameStop, um, do they have, have EB, EB games, games in like? Yeah. Okay. So we're the same. Okay. I thought that was just a, that we're the same. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So in EB Games, when they they sell games, usually at hundred dollars. Oh wow. Okay. Yeah, which to, which is to us still really expensive. Like easily, it's really expensive for us. So then, how do you treat? I'll get into a little bit of budget. This is these are the things that make me tick. Just so you know, like I always wonder how. It seems like everybody but me has always got the latest game. They just bought it brand new off the shelf, like whatever it is, sixty dollars US or eighty dollars here. Um, like how do you how do you plan your year? How do you budget your your gaming and your spending? Do you just buy whatever, or do you kind of wait for things to go use? What's that like? Um, for me personally, like I'm just that bigger. <laughs> gamer that i just buy whatever pretty much nice like like gaming is easily my number one hobby without a doubt like i like to do a bunch of things like i play uh bass guitar i get into sports i skateboard and a whole bunch of other things but video gaming throughout my life and to this day is still my number one hobby and so like when the new game comes out i just buy it that's <laughs> whether, awesome. whether i finish it whether I finish it or not is another thing entirely, but I generally buy most of the new games that come out. And do you keep it? Like, are you creating a collection or do you trade things in? Um, I'm sort of in the situation, like, um, 
my position, I'm actually a student at the moment. I'm okay. in sort of my final year uh, of university. I'm doing a journalism? Bachelor of Media. Oh, Media. Uh, right, yeah, right. I'm st- yeah, it's like a Bachelor of Media, but then I major in Journalism as part of that degree. Right. So um, I don't have a hell of a lot of money. <laughs> <laughs> but what, what money I do have, I generally spend on video games a lot of the time. Nice. And so, sorry, did you did you say you don't trade them in or you, you kind of create a collection? Like for me, um, I, I used to trade things in, but then I really started to regret it because I just like, I kind of like looking on my shelf and seeing a collection of games, even though at a certain point it's going to get mm, outrageous mm. and I'm not going to have room for everything. Uh, but I don't know, like how do you how do you deal with like the trade-ins? Um, I'm I'm exactly the same. Like I've gone through yeah. many times when I've traded in a few games. I'm like, why did I do that? Like I love having a big collection, all this type of stuff. Um, but just in my situation, sometimes I'll trade in games I know that I'm just like never gonna look at, or I didn't have a good time with, or I just know I'm never gonna finish. Like I'll trade some of those games in just to make it a bit easier on financial side for me. But most of the time, I keep pretty much all games I buy. Total. My biggest regret, it wasn't really a trade-in, but I sold, when the 360 came out, I sold my original Xbox, four controllers, and uh, got probably like 30 games. And it was like, I think I sold it for $200, which is nothing. It wow. barely took a dent it's out nothing, of buying the yeah. 360. Yeah, and it would cost me probably double that to get all those games back. So that was kind of like yeah. one of those moments for me. It just kind of changed everything where yeah, I don't want to do, do you have anything like that where you kind of go like <laughs> look back at that moment? I don't know. Maybe it's just me. I remember yeah. these things like so vividly, and I'm like, "Oh, that was such an awful <laughs> choice." Like, what do you you go back in time if you could change five things? Like, that would definitely be one of them. Yeah. Oh, I've got tons, yeah. <laughs> tons of incidences. But there's one in particular um, that I always remember. It's probably a pivotal moment as part of my gaming as well. Back when um, when the PlayStation One was out, me and my brother had a PlayStation One, and we owned like every single Crash Bandicoot game, like every single one, every side one they ever made because we just loved it yeah. and we just loved platformers. And then it got to a point where I just saw, we played for all of them. My brother wasn't really playing them. And I was like, oh, do you want, I was, like, I was a dumb little kid. I'll go trade all these games in. So I traded literally every single Crash Bandicoot game on PS1 in for one game at EV Games. And I was devastated ever since oh, I've done that. Man, <laughs> but but the but the thing is, um, the game I traded it for was Unreal Tournament 2000. Oh, and good one. That was one of the, yeah, and that was one of the very first first-person shooters I really started playing, and that got me into first-person shooters. And from there, I started to expand my genres that I played. So it was kind of an important moment in my gaming. But I'm still like pretty annoyed that I sold or like traded in all my Crash Bandicoot games. Oh, so are you are you, so are you on the bandwagon of wanting Crash back? Are you okay with him existing as he was? Like, what happens if he tries to come back and dies like Sonic? <laughs> <laughs> um, that'd be pretty hard. Sonic is dying like nothing I've ever seen That's before. That's so sad. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I, I was a big Sonic fan. Uh, I didn't own any Sega consoles. That was a bit before my time. Um, but I I, lo- I love I love these like more recent games. Pro- probably not the ones on Wii U. They're c- not not as good. Um, but with Crash Bandicoot uh, and Jack and Dexter as well, you hear lots of people who are like, oh, yeah, you know, Naughty Dog's going to be making a new Jack and Dexter. And it's going to be like for next generation, all these type of things. And I'm like, yeah. we don't really need it. Like, I, I enjoy Jack and Dexter and Crash Bandicoot for what they were. I enjoyed Spyro for what they were. I enjoy Ratchet and Clank for what – oh, no, that's still going. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> like, maybe but that'll I, be the testing I, ground. 
to see if we're ready for yeah. this to come back. Yeah, I'm actually really keen for the new Ratchet and Clank because I was a big Ratchet and Clank fan. I played every single one. And the new one, like the reboot, it looks really good. Yeah, it's funny how they're going really all in just with a game and a movie that's based on the game that's based on the movie. Uh, mm. it's, kind of, it's really interesting to see them do that. I have a feeling that this could be the litmus test for whether or not we're going to get more of these types of things. But I thought it was interesting that Sean Layden came out at PSX with a, with a crash shirt. And uh, the nothing was really. Oh, enough. that was just ridiculous. Well, <laughs> I'm of two minds of it. So <laughs> one is, yeah, it's kind of like you're you're a total troll. But the other part too is, uh, he he kind of stole that style from Phil Spencer from Xbox. Yeah, Phil Spencer. Yeah, he's definitely done that. And you know, he's had shirts like I think Battletoads was one of the first ones that I remember really people become like going absolutely crazy about. Uh, but they didn't have. I think he was at a a Windows 10 related event. He came out and he was wearing a Battletoad shirt, and everybody went absolutely nuts thinking he was going to talk about Battletoads, and then he never did, and it was okay. Yeah. <laughs> like everybody was totally fine with Phil kind of trolling a little bit. And eventually, we learned that uh, there was like Rare Replay coming out, and and there was other things. Um, oh, now we know um, one of those zits or pimples uh, Battletoads is in uh, Killer Instinct. Yeah, but, yeah. Like, that's no, actually really cool. That. That's really awesome. So, are you into fighting games at all? Yeah, I like like I said, like from a young age, I sort of branched out into different genres, and I pretty much just play everything. Like fighting is probably one of the genres I play the least, just because I never put enough time in it to get good at any fighter really. But Killer Instinct is probably one of the best fighters I've ever played. Like it's really, really good. I feel like that's a rare opinion, but I oh a rare. See what I did? I didn't even mean to do that. Uh, it's a pretty rare opinion. <laughs> uh, but I'm a huge fan of Killer Instinct. We used to play. Uh, on Super Nintendo, and it, we would call it tournament mode, where you would have to go around and play as every character, like go around the wheel. I think it was a wheel in, in 64, uh, Killer Instinct Gold. So you'd have to play as every character, win, and you couldn't move on to the next character unless you won. And so if you were able to play and win as every character, then you were able, like that's how we would play Killer Instinct back in the day. Yeah, that's really cool. So like, were you into uh, Street Fighter or Mortal Kombat or anything like that too? Um, I'm trying to think back to like PlayStation One, PlayStation Two, and I don't really remember playing many fighters. Dead or Alive, I think, was the fight that me and my brother played a lot back in like the old PlayStation days. Yeah. Um, but besides that, like I played Street Fighter like throughout my times, and a few anime-related ones, and Killer Instinct a bit when Xbox One came out. But there's none that I've ever really like stuck with. I would say. Yes, yeah, it's, it's kind of a. I don't really have anybody to sit down and play with either. Like nobody's going to sit and play fighting games, even though I'd love to kind of get into it as much as we used to with street fighter. But mm, yeah, yeah, I don't know. It doesn't really, I, I'm definitely not going on the internet and playing people online. Cause that'll just be embarrassing for about six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> Anything that only lasts about six minutes is kind of embarrassing, but yeah, uh, yeah it's kind of interesting. Um, so anyway, I, I'll, I'll jump to, kind of come back to creating content and I love I was just skimming over your blog just before we had this chat and uh, I love that this is even a possibility for people to kind of just go out for me it's it almost like justifies the amount of time and effort and energy and calories that I burn thinking about video games like I actually I'm usually more interested in like the stories of development or like what are the business deals I think the industry as itself is really interesting uh, probably yeah, yeah. Than a lot I'm of the totally game. the same yeah yeah so like I wanted to um, 
I wanted to ask actually how you got involved in this radio show. Uh, it was Zap Adelaine. I was just listening to his. Uh, yes. Oh, really? <laughs> it's good that someone is listening. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so the radio station that's actually part of, that's Radio Adelaide, and that's a community radio station. And they sort of, they're actually owned by the university that I go to. And so they sort of have a bit of agreement. So as part of my degree, I did a couple subjects over at the radio station, like learning how to do radio and do things like podcasts as well, recording, speaking, um, doing shows, doing um, breakfast news and stuff like that. Um, this past semester, I was doing um, breakfast news and I was for four weeks of the semester, I was there from 6 to 9 a.m. doing the news every single morning. Oh, wow. So, yeah, that was that was full on. Uh, yeah. <laughs> but it was, it was really fun. So and kind of I finished... Sorry, go ahead. Uh, well, yeah, I was just going to say, when like I finished doing all that stuff throughout this year, because I'm sort of in holidays at the moment, um, I was looking for other programs to do, and I knew Zap. Zap's the video game program that we have at the station and I just was like, oh, I messaged like their Facebook group and started messaging a couple of guys. I'm like, oh, like, do you have a space for me to come on? And they're like, yeah, sure, like, come on. And uh, I did just my second show um, on Friday night, and yeah, I'm really enjoying it so far. That's awesome. So it's just kind of like carpe diem. Was it this year that you really started <laughs> to to kind of like extend yourself a little bit? Yeah, like this year was the first year that I really I started the blog that I've got at the moment. I started that back in January. Unfortunately, Give I haven't plug, been as man. consistent. I'm trying to like, what is it? What's it called? <laughs> um, it's the actual blog is called um, Let's Play. It's a WordPress blog. Um, I actually really love WordPress. If anyone's listening and they're thinking about doing a blog, go on WordPress. WordPress is great, mainly because the community is just it's really easy to find other people who like and write the same things as you. Like I've made tons of friends throughout this year who online who just do blogs and WordPress and it's really easy to do. Um, so yeah, called Let's Play. Um, if you really want to find it, it's shamusjmullins.wordpress.com. And that's my blog. In the, that in, the, uh, in the podcast article on wethenerdy.com yeah. as well. Um, so yeah, I was also kind of like just kind of combing through and, and you've been published. You had an article, uh, Grow Home Review, Looks like it was pu- you oh, took yeah. photo evidence. I'm like that's really <laughs> impressive. Um, yeah, I've done I've I've done a couple things like that. I've uh, what that was that was um the magazine for our actual university. So it wasn't necessarily a video game magazine, but it was just um a university sort of publication that goes on throughout the year. And I wrote a few articles for them throughout the year actually. Um, and that was just the first one I did back at the start of this year when I reviewed Grow Home. But yeah, I've I do a lot of stuff for the radio station now, like doing interviews of developers and uh, news bulletins and stuff like that. And I try and write for a few websites here and there when I get the spare time. Nice. And so is, are things getting a little bit easier? Are you kind of finding your voice a little bit? Like you kind of know what you want to talk about? Sort of. It's it's kind of hard. Like I'm, I'm the same with you, what you were saying before. Like I find a lot of the industry and the goings on and actual development cycle really interesting, but mm-hmm. it's... The, this, the industry is just so big, and yet, as I'm sure with you, I just try and find out and look at absolutely everything that's going on, and it's pretty much impossible a lot of the time just because yeah. there's so much out there. Yeah, totally. So, so what's, I, the, what's the end goal? Like, is it to be in games media? Is there, is there a lot of opportunities in Australia? Will you, will you ever move, or are you, are, you, are you staying in Australia? Um, ah, lovely question. <laughs> <laughs> I'm getting um, real deep. I guess, 
Yeah, getting real deep. Um, it was funny. When I finished high school, I literally had no idea what I wanted to do. I was just going to do like a Bachelor of Arts or something just and do like major in history because I didn't know what to do. And the friend said to me, like, oh, you love video games? Like, go do IT and like make games. And I was like, sure. And I just did it on the whim. And I did that for a year at a couple of universities. And it was actually super interesting. It's, it was the point where I jumped into a much more technical side of computer science and video game development, even just a, like a very small portion of it, and opened up my mind to so many different things. And at that point, I was like, I'm really enjoying this, but I feel like I enjoy writing a bit more at the moment. So I switched over to journalism as a degree or media, mm-hmm. and I'm about to finish that degree. And I guess my main goal is just to work in the video game industry. Like I think that's just a definite, without a doubt. Um, but I sort of, I would love to be a journalist. I'd love to be, you know, working at IGN or Game Informer and doing those big interviews and breaking those news and all that type of stuff. But another part of me, I really want to be involved in the game development side yep. and be involved with the developer and make games. Cause although I love writing about games, I also like writing short stories and coming up with ideas for my own game mechanics and stories. And yeah, it's just. I guess I just want to do everything, which is kind of hard. <laughs> but it's a good place for you to be doing that, I think, too, where you kind of have this exploratory phase of your life and go, well, I'll try this. Like, I think your time in, like, IT was a really good – well, that was good to know, but it's good to know that that's not what I don't want to do. You know, you didn't really pigeonhole mm. yourself. So, I mean, I, kudos for that, and it's really – so you're – is this your last – your final year in school? Are you going to graduate after this? Yeah, so um, the way that it works um, in Australia, I'm assuming Canada is the same as America, where your actual year starts halfway through the year, like your school year. Yeah, we go from. Is that right? Well, we in university you go from September to December, and then January till April. You get four oh, okay. months off. Yeah, so yeah, so what we do in Australia, our year starts at the start of the year, so we start late February, March, and it goes to June, and then we go from late July, August until November. Okay. And then we get a four-month holiday break, like in the Christmas break. Oh, that's phenomenal. We should totally do yeah. that. That's way better. <laughs> I've always found it weird that in North America they do it that way. And I'm like, oh, you know, it just makes so much more sense for us. But I guess I don't think anybody's means... about to ask you guys how you do it. <laughs> <laughs> I should tell um, somebody. <laughs> and just the whole hey, North America everyone. as a revelation. It is. I'm blown away. Um, so yeah, I only have um one semester to go. So my final semester will be from February to June next year. And so I graduate halfway through next year. And then, um, yeah. And then real probably life. have to get a job or something. Yeah, real life. Oh, that's phenomenal. Okay, well, I, I won't do too much of the deep stuff. Uh, that, that's probably. I, so one of the easiest questions is like, what are you playing now? Like, what what it, you're probably playing a game right before we started to sit down to chat, except that it's tomorrow <laughs> for you. It's it's in the morning. I don't even yeah, know. Yeah, it's in the morning. This works. This is. I was actually sleeping, and then I got up because I've been really lazy recently. Um, what have I been playing though? Last night I was playing a bit of the Division Alpha, but oh, oh. under NDA, so I can't really talk about oh, no. that at the moment. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know. I actually was going to write an article about it, and I went to take a screenshot on my Xbox One that I was playing, and it's like, oh, no, you can't. And I was like, oh, yeah, there's an NDA. And I'm like, I can't write. I can't do an article about this or anything. Like, Did it block I'm just you here from to test. Screenshot? Yeah, um, it blocks from taking screenshots or taking any video on Xbox One when the alpha was on. So I did the, uh, I got a, a, 
a review copy of Halo, and I was so terrified that I was going to break the NDA by accidentally taking a screenshot <laughs> or doing something. So, so I didn't even try. Like, I don't even know if, if still to this day, I don't know if I could have. Uh, but that um, was kind of interesting. Yeah, I, yeah, I, I don't know. They don't ever really say, and I don't know. I've, I still haven't really gone to the place where I'm getting review copies from websites. I, I generally write more opinion articles and news rather than actual reviews, so I've never gone review copies early or anything like that. But yeah, that'd be interesting. This was my first year, so Halo was the first one that I got actually pre-release. I got, um, I got the opportunity to play Forza and FIFA. As well as Halo, oh, nice. I think those are those are my three that I got kind of in the fall this year, and it was that was phenomenal. Uh, Forza was a game that um, my reviews up on WeTheNerdy.com, and that was a game that I I've always really wanted to get back into racing games. Like I played Project Gotham Racing back in what I think that was actually the game I got with my original Xbox that I sold for two hundred dollars, sadly. But I always uh, wanted yeah. to get back into it, and and I know that Forza Five was a solid game. It was a really great uh, launch title. But mm. this was something that I just never really got around to. Didn't it, for whatever reason, it was a game that I just would pass by every time in EB games. I was just like, maybe next year, maybe I'll get it, and maybe I'll get it for Christmas or my birthday. Like I, for whatever reason, I just wouldn't pick it up off the shelf until this year. It was handed to me as a, for a review, and this is a front runner, maybe top three in my game of the year. Uh, this is we talked about oh, wow. games that are. Kind of like that gateway drug where they'll either bring you back to a genre that you maybe had left for a little while or that you'd never really tried before. Like Forza 6 is just a solid, It first of all, looks amazing. So it's one of those games you can mm. pull your friends around the TV and go like, look at this thing. Uh, <laughs> but of course, that's that's racing games, right? They all sort of look amazing. Yeah. But what it, what really drew me in about this, and it was just kind of like, the way that they've been tuning Forza over the last couple iterations is being able to create that simulation experience but not push you away if you haven't been training your whole life for that race. Mm. <laughs> you know, like not yeah, studying it's, it's... corner nine. <laughs> yeah, it has that bit of just that bit of arcadey feel to it and it's like it's almost it's almost perfect. I bought I got Forza Five at launch because I got an Xbox One the day or the night it came out, and I got Forza Five. Really enjoyed it. Um, and then, but the real Forza game that really pulled me in was Forza Horizon Two last year, and that game was just like easily. I think that's my favorite racing game ever made. Like it was just perfect. And like the Forza original series is really good, but Forza Horizon was just oh fantastic. That's still on my list. I, I have a I have a 360 copy of it, so I might I might jump into that at some point. But yeah, like this, the way that oh, they, definitely worth it. Without that, oh man, I got I have to. I gotta find again. I gotta find time for this. But um, yeah, you know, I like I, I enjoy doing do, doing this, like talking about games, as much as I as I like playing them. So I wouldn't give something like this up for the world. And um, we've yeah. kind of been just uh, writing for We the Nerdy. This like. 2015 for me. I mean, I'll do an article about this as well, and I, I'm I'm curious to your thoughts on kind of just the year in, re in review. We're now almost midway through December here, and like not necessarily about like the games that were released, but like for me, 2015 was like it was kind of a banner year. If I go back and I look at the like through my achievements and through uh, trophies and just the list of games that I was able to, and the variety of games I was able to get to this year, I kind of like changed my whole strategy of like, I used to, if I'm playing a game, I have to complete it. I have to, I would always have to reach the credits in order to take the disc out and then go to another game. 
But mm. I like it ended up being like I was playing games I didn't enjoy. I didn't really like playing some of the games that I would be finishing and putting in 20, 30 hours into some of these experiences that were no good. And so this year I got to play so many different games. I didn't finish nearly as many games as I normally do, but I got to play uh, Western role-playing games like Dragon Age Inquisition. I actually wanted to, I've always wanted to get into the Dragon Age series. And so I got Dragon Age at the beginning of the year uh, I played about an hour of it. And I'm like, I need to know what's going on. And so I spent the, the first like month and a half of 2015 <laughs> playing Dragon Age 1, then 2, and then Inquisition. Oh, wow. And it just sort of like spring-loaded this whole year into just experiencing as much as possible. So I'm curious, like, how has the year been for you, other than creating content? Oh, wow. That's, that's really cool, man. Like, I played the original, like, Dragon... Age Origins like years ago back in high school many many years ago and it was really cool but it was the first type of game that I played that had that pause mechanic and it, of fighting and it mm-hmm. didn't really do it for me so it put me off a bit but when Dragon Age Inquisition came out I bought it and it was just phenomenal like I, I loved it it was just a really solid western RPG and I still I haven't even finished it I need to go back and finish it <laughs> um, without a doubt same with Witcher honestly I've got I've got a low, I've got a bit of a backlog at the moment. Well, I I um so going way back when we were talking about just kind of like starting your own blog. A couple of years ago, I started a blog called All in Fun and Games, and which I thought was kind of punny. And and this guy <laughs> in the UK found my found my blog. He's like, well, you want to do you want to come write for us? It was a site called 16bitkings.com, and he's like, what would you like to talk about? And the biggest thing for me was my backlog because I was always trying to complete games. So I've have all these games yeah. sitting on the shelf that I never got to. So I always find people's backlog just very interesting because, yeah, like if you're always buying games, are you ever finishing them? And like, what's your, so I, I'm interested in what is your backlog like? Like, what's a game that you bought this year that you've, you've kind of regretted that you haven't spent enough time with? Um, which one do you want me to say? There's a few. <laughs> oh, I, I want to know all about it. I, I, I love that. Um, okay, I've actually been I've actually been really bad these past two years. Like I said, I sort of just buy most big games that come out just because I'm I'm a big gamer. And I love to play everything and love to be part of that conversation. You know, totally. if you don't have a game and everyone else is playing it and you're not part of that conversation, it's just for me it's painful. <laughs> like I just have to be involved. Um, but this year specifically, like I bought heaps of games, put a few hours into them, gone into them a bit, and then I've just something else has come up and I've bought it. Um, if I if I can think of a few, um, Witcher, Witcher Free, I've probably put about 40 hours into that and really enjoying it. And then I just went on holidays for a bit and I just di- I just didn't play it for like a month or two and I just haven't gone back to it yet. So that's easily um, a big one. And like I loved it and I just haven't gone back to it yet. Is it daunting to you a little bit? I know like 40 hours is a t- is probably two times over with a lot of games. I think it's like eight <laughs> eight, eight playthroughs of Halo Five. Uh, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or the or the order I think are the the year's two shortest shortest games. Uh, but is it daunting well, for you, you like I, to go back? Uh, it can, it can, it can be without a doubt. Um, do you know what's funny? I finally just finished the order about a week ago. <laughs> oh really? And I bought it. Yeah, and I bought it when it first came out, and I played it a bit then, and I played it little bits and pieces throughout the year. Yeah. But I just I just didn't get around to finish it, and I finally did, and it was actually. It has a lot of problems, like without a doubt. The Order has a lot of game design problems that hopefully I would love to see them address in a sequel, but it was still a solid game without a doubt. Um, I finished Halo 5 as well, so I'll, you know, I'm on a bit of a run at the moment of actually finishing games. Nice. Uh, I want to I ask you about kind of like 
being part of the conversation and like playing a game when it's new, when everybody else is talking about it. And that's why, like for me, talking about somebody's backlog is is just as exciting because chances are, you know, not everybody everywhere is always playing the latest game. So somewhere along the line, you're going to go down your friends list on, on the PSN or on the Xbox Live and find somebody who's playing an older game. And they're probably just like, well, please, somebody talk to me about this game that's like five years old. Like, well, please, somebody tell me, like, talk about uh, everybody's talking about Arkham Knight. But like, I just started playing Arkham City. Is there anybody else? like I, I played a little while ago? So I like to give like, I don't know, some sort of platform or some sort of opportunity for people to kind of get together and talk about older games. And uh, yeah, so I, I find that kind of stuff really interesting. Is that kind of the key motivator for you to to play games when they're brand new, like jump on the hype train and, and get it and, and talk about it while, while it's hot. It, it can be, um, yeah. without a doubt, like, as I said, to be part of that conversation, like, you know, Fallout just came out and, you know, I, you know, I'm oh, a big, I'm a big Fallout, Fallout fan. Here we go. <laughs> um, I'm a big Fallout fan and I played free and new Vegas, but the thing was, um, when I played those games, I didn't actually play them Fallout 3 in New Vegas when they actually came out. I played them like years after. And when I played them, it was such an isolated bubble of just me playing it and loving it, but not being able to really talk to anyone else about it. Like mm-hmm. I'd be like, I finished like one and then I'll go tell someone and they'd be like, yeah, I played that years ago. What are you on about, man? Like, you know, that's not a new game. And, and they can't remember it's kind like, of a... the specifics. <laughs> mm. And it's kind of weird now, now that I've got Fallout 4 and I got it. I went to Midnight Launch when it came out, and I've got it. And I haven't been playing it um, too much, actually, in this past month, just because I've been busy and playing a few other games and stuff. And I actually kind of enjoyed it more playing Fallout personally when no one else was talking about it. Because just with Fallout 4 especially, there's just so much hype, so much conversation, and it's kind of overwhelming Mm -hmm. to an extent. So I haven't actually been playing it too much. Yeah. Well, it's interesting because you mentioned the, the order as well, and, and you kind of go, well, now that everybody's kind of sh- done shitting all over this game, I actually don't mind it too much. You know, it's kinda, talk, yeah. experiencing things outside of the hype bubble for me is like is so huge, and I love being able to like go back to some of these old games. I, I was like the latest to playing Arkham Asylum. I think I played it probably four years after it had finally come out, and it, was, it still held up, which I always think is interesting to see. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, like the order you look at, look at that outside of its shit fest, and it's totally fine. <laughs> Follow four, everybody's you know really really on about it, but you know it. Def- I personally, for me, it has its problems, and the more I play it, uh, the more I, I kind of had this like ramp up when I started. I'm like, this is amazing. I just want to spend all my time with this game, mm-hmm. and it reached a certain point. I think it was actually when I started doing some of the story missions. I'm thinking okay, uh, I don't really think this is the best game anymore. And I just, I don't know if I've had an experience like that this year where I was so certain for the first, I don't know, 30, 35 hours where I'm like, this is the best thing I've played all year. And then hour 36 mm. hits, um, nope. So we're, we're going to be talking about Game of the Year on We the Nerdy pretty soon here. And, and had you asked me like two weeks ago, that was my front runner. And now... It's not. So I don't know. Have you, where are you at with, with Fallout in your opinion of Fallout 4 this year? Yeah. That's actually um, really interesting. And um, just on the, on Zap on Friday night, we actually had like a massive discussion. Um, me and um, um, the host Badger, that's his um, radio name. That's our mascot <laughs> on We the Nerdy. It's a Badger. <laughs> <laughs> that's awesome. 
Um, and we just had the massive conversation because we hadn't talked about it on Zap yet since it had come out, really. And uh, Badger had been playing it like he'd done 40 to 50 hours. And he actually had a lot of gripes about it. And I've, I've probably done about 10 to 15. I haven't really done that much in the bigger scheme of things. But we just had a massive discussion about Fallout 4 and sort of broke down all the elements of it and all the game design features and talking about it and really discussing it. There's actually a lot of sort of problems with Fallout 4. And probably the biggest one was that we came across was there's all these unique mechanics within Fallout. There's the actual main story. There's all the side missions. There's the fact it's just a huge sandbox and you can just wander wherever you want. But then there's also these other mechanics like all the... Um, uh, there's the base building, which is just a separate thing. Then you've got all the modding of weapons and armor. And the, all these things individually are great, but that's the problem that mm-hmm. um, we found talking about was that they're all individual components. And a lot of the time, they're not really integrated as well as they probably could be. And even the comedy and the humor, like, you know, those awesome um, videos that you see when you first start up for like, for all the like special videos and that humor it's, they all seem separate from each other and they don't mm-hmm. seem like a complete whole thing. And that was really interesting. I hadn't really thought about it in that idea, but talking about it, it sort of made a lot of sense. Yeah. So it, there's, I, for me, this year was a lot of identifying. I don't know if I'm just looking way too much into some of these games, but the other game <laughs> that, that stands out for me in that way is Call of Duty Black Ops 3, where you can actually like you can almost see the seams that were stitched together of all these different pieces of the game that were developed by different teams that were they may have been physically dislocated from each other uh but you could actually these games are getting so big and so ambitious but you can start to see kind of like how the pieces are have been put together to finally form mm. to form the final game yeah without a doubt yeah yeah, yeah. black ops 3 is very interesting did you play it um i i actually played the beta for a bit but i haven't bought it um, when it came out, I actually wouldn't mind because at first I was sort of like, oh, you know, a new card, yada, yada. Like I had a bit of fun with the beta. It wasn't like super keen. And then like a lot of reviews came out and it was really positive. And I've got a few friends playing it and they're really enjoying it. Um, they're mainly playing multiplayer. They haven't really touched the story. But as a whole, it actually seems like a pretty good game. Just like the amount of like story, multiplayer, zombies, and all the content with each. It seems like just, as you said, just a huge, huge project, huge game. It's giant. I can only imagine. Like it's one thing to have talent to create a game, but also the talent to keep your teams kind of all aiming at the same target, whether they're working on something mm-hmm. totally different, like zombies. And they kind of integrated the zombies with the with the main story. Actually, you could when you finish the game, you get kind of like yeah, a yeah, plus, which is interesting. I was sold by the by the beta. Actually, that was one beta that actually worked out in the game's benefit. Um, I played the Splatoon, <laughs> totally different type of uh, shooter. I played the Splatoon <laughs> beta, the kind of like uh, test demo, test fire thing that they did. Yeah. And I kind of fell off. I was very excited right from the first reveal back at E3, I think it was, the year before. And I was totally on mm. board. I thought it was really amazing. But I played it for a little bit and thought that there wasn't really enough there. And I think that's the problem with a lot of betas or kind of that early access stuff where they might actually kind of steer people away or they give them the fix that they're looking for and go like i'm good that's kind of all i need and and there's other games um that i can that i can get to do you find the same thing with with betas like that 
Yeah, it it can be, and uh, probably probably the easiest and best example that I can think of is with Destiny. Yeah, and I have <laughs> I have such a love hate relationship with Destiny, probably more so than any other game. It's probably the okay. game that I've bitched about the most and yeah. complained the most about, but I've still had fun playing. But the thing was, when it first came out last year, I played the Alpha on PS4. I then played the Beta on Xbox One, and mm-hmm. I was so hyped for it. And going into the alpha, I was like, whoa, like, this is everything that I was expected. Like, it's beautiful. The gameplay is pretty cool. Like, there's all this lore. I'm like, oh, I'm really excited. And so then I went into the beta, and there was a bit more released. And I did the, it was the exact same thing again with a little bit more. I was like, okay, this is the same thing. But, you know, I'm still pretty hyped. And there was a few more missions. And I was like, these missions feel kind of empty. But I'm like, uh, I'm sure this is just there's a beta. Else. Like, you'll be yep. fine in the full game. Yeah. And then the full game came out. And... I was just so disappointed. <laughs> that there was like a was global just, opinion yeah. too of playing the beta, and everybody's like, "I'm sure it's gonna be fine. I'm sure there's gonna be way more." And then mm. oh, and just they've got all these beautiful, gorgeous worlds that have lore just beyond the reach, but there's just empty. They're just so empty, and yeah. Did you ever hear any of the comparisons? I don't. I don't even know where this started, but it seemed like there was a lot of comparisons to Mass Effect. Did you ever hear any um, of those kind Destiny. of things? Yeah, with Destiny. So just, and basically it was just like traveling throughout space. I'm pretty sure that's the only reason that there was even a line connected between <laughs> those two games. So it came out and you're kind of expecting this really like elaborate story and a, a lot of the lore and this world and yeah. universe you could dive into and it wasn't there. So I think that that had a lot to do with the disappointment that it didn't yeah. – well, there was looking at the art, and I'm I'm a real sucker for artwork, like video game artwork, and looking at all the artwork and all the different enemies and the bios for them, and then about the last city and the guardians and all these three awesome things, all this awesome lore. It sounded great, and then got into the game, and it just just wasn't there. That was just the base layer, but there just wasn't the depth there that I wanted. Yeah, did you play mostly by yourself, or did you did you get online with some people? Um, and th- that's the thing. Um, I originally played it mainly by myself, and yeah. playing it by yourself, it's it's kind of int- interesting. Like a lot of people say, gameplay is king, and in most circumstances in video games, that's true. But obviously, when it came to something like Destiny, obviously story is so important to so many people, and similar to myself as well, where it's all well and good to have a first-person shooter with great mechanics and the graphics are really interesting and just beautiful but without that core story to drag me along i just wasn't nearly as engaged yeah totally okay well you know what i think i've taken enough of your time i'll give you one last chance to tell everybody where to find you on the twitter and your and your <laughs> blog and all of that kind of stuff so plug away my friend okay um twitter i am at seamus mullins um that's seamus s-e-a-m-u-s then mullins capital m U-L-L-I-N-S. Uh, that's my twitter uh I'm pretty infrequent with my Twitter. I just post random stuff and just retweet gifts and all these. Mainly, it's just video game stuff, really. Like us um, all. my WordPress. Yeah, so uh, my WordPress is SeamusJMullins.wordpress.com. Um, I post infrequently on there as well, but I mainly write like just anything. I do reviews sometimes, news, opinion pieces. I do a lot of stuff about um the video game industry in Australia as well, just because. It's going through a very interesting period. So I've got some like 2,000 words articles about that. They're almost just massive research projects I've done about the industry. Um, and also on I'm on a weekly a video game radio show um, called Zap Radio. Um, 
we do it every Friday night from 11 p.m. to 1 a.m. But if you're not in Australia, um, you can actually catch it online. Um, yeah, Radio LA streams it live. And if you can't catch it live, they actually um, – it sort of puts it – it records everything and puts it online every every week. So if you miss an episode or one, just have a listen and see what it's all about. You can just go on to um, RadioLA.com and slash zap and just go there and have a look and see what you think. Yeah, I totally recommend it. I was just listening to it before. It's it's great just to kind of hear a lot. If you like listening to people talk about video games and it's and you throw a little bit of music in there too, I thought it was really cool. Uh, throw your PSN and your Xbox gamer tags. Oh yeah, P- PSN and Xbox as well. Um, Mully two four six eight. That is my gamer tag. So Mully M U Y. And then see, I want my nickname in real life is Mully. That's what a lot of my friends call me. And you know, Mully wasn't. A- available when i went to make my psn unfortunately so i just chucked a number on the end 2468 and yeah molly 2468 that's my steam um xbox psn uh don't any no don't own any nintendo console so that's not a problem um but yeah just hit me up and i'm usually online just playing everything yeah so hmm. sounds good man thanks for having a chat with me no problem yeah it was great talking to you So that was my chat with Seamus, man. That guy was awesome. We stuck around after the after the recording stopped, and we talked about how warm it was there and how cold it is here in Canada. And man, I'm just so grateful to have had a chance to to talk to him for a little bit. And I hope that you guys had a, had a good time too. This is going to be the first of a weekly series at WeTheNerdy.com, just celebrating everybody who's just a little bit nerdy and wants to talk about it. So if you or a friend of yours knows or wants to talk about something with me or just spend, you know, 45 minutes talking about video games and be part of this whole community, uh, I would be totally honored. So hit me up uh, on Twitter. I'm at Sean Capri. That's Sean like Connery and Capri like the pants. Uh, On Xbox Live, I'm same thing, Sean Capri. My PlayStation name I will change as soon as I I can. It's Awesome Schlong without the C. Uh, So however you guys want. Or, Or on We The Nerdies Facebook fan group page um hit me up and we'll we'll work something out anyways you guys it was really fun this is a really cool endeavor and i i hope you'll come along for the ride so stick around hit subscribe on the itunes give me a five star rating that would really help out and uh happy gaming